So my friends, um, today we have understandably harsh words from our Lord that are uh, necessary and a good wake-up call to us. And we need to take it seriously about the reality of sin and how we should respond to it. And we need to do this, we need to approach it in a very human way, right? As human beings, we are gifted with intelligence. And it's important that we go about uh, things in an intelligent way. It's, it's the greatest gift that we have. It's what makes us in the image of God, to have an intellect uh, and a will, uh, to be reasonable. And that this is actually, just as humans, it's, it's how we survive, right, as a species. That we're able to do all the great things that we do, not because we're so much stronger than any other animal, or we're faster, or we have a longer lifespan necessarily, um, but it's all related to the fact that we are intelligent, right? We know we can, we can build things, and we can analyze things, and we can think about things, and we need to apply these same tactics to our moral life. How do I live? And do I ever give real good intelligent thought to morality, to, to what is working and what's not working in my actions? And so in these understandably harsh words from our Lord, it's a good opportunity for us to pause and reflect upon the reality of sin and how we respond to it. The first intellectual point that we should uh, address is the gravity of sin, right? Sin is grave, right? Sin is bad. It's, it's we shouldn't want to sin. It breaks us as human beings. We were made to be filled with the happiness of God. And to sin is to turn away from that or to fall short of it in some way. So there are two types of sins. This is good catechism review. There are two types of sins, mortal sin and venial sin, right? So mortal sin is where we choose something. We, we choose it. It's an act of the will. Sin happens when the will chooses something that's fundamentally opposed to our good relationship with God, right? It's so fundamentally opposed, and it changes us. And basically, when you commit a mortal sin, uh, the life of grace is evicted from your soul. You evict God from your soul when you commit a mortal sin. And spiritually, you die, right? If any one of us were to commit a mortal sin, spiritually, we would die. And it only takes one action. One mortal sin is enough to kill the life of grace. It just like if I walk to the top of the building, it only takes one step to walk off, right? Oh, but all the other steps were good. Sure, they were. But the one is the bad one, right? And that's the same with the life of grace in our soul. It's one action. I mean, anyone who's made a major mistake in their life, a chosen terribly wrong, it just takes one action, one moment, one choice, and your whole life could change. It could change forever, uh, and it could change in terrible ways. And it all it takes is one action. And so we need to see that sin is not just, ah, whatever, right? Big sins, grave sins, to be a mortal sin in action, you have to know that it's wrong. You don't need to know it under the category of sin or under the category of moral sin. Somebody like, oh, I didn't know it was a mortal sin, so it's not a mortal sin. No. Do you know it's wrong, right? You know it's wrong. You freely choose it, right? You actually select, I want that. And I'm going to take steps to attaining it. And that the object is 
evil, right? It's an evil object. It's a gravely evil object. So it's not just a little thing. It's a big thing, right? Now, what's interesting in that, and just a little theological aside, moral aside, the attainment of that evil is not, this, not necessary for sin, right? You can decide that you know murder is wrong, um, but you freely choose that you want to murder. Look, you go to jail for attempted murder, right? Even if you don't succeed in murdering the person, you go to jail for attempted murder. Um, attempted grave sin is still grave sin. It's, well, oh, I, but I didn't actually commit the sin. I just tried and was stopped. So, well, no, it's still grave sin, right? You've still chosen. It's not your fault. It, it may be your fault, but it's, it's for some reason it didn't happen, but it's still grave. So sin is, is grave. And then venial sin, right? So the other category of sin, venial sin. Venial sins weaken our charity, um, and they're, they, they're not gravely sinful. They're not, they're not the really bad actions, but they still weaken our love of God. And there's, it's a total sign of spiritual lukewarmness to say, oh, well, it's just a venial sin. Like, whatever. Oh, I could, it's just a venial sin, right? I remember I, I said that to someone once. I was a priest. Uh, and, and they were asking, this was a, a teenager, a, a 17-year-old high school student who uh, was talking to a group. I was visiting a high school in a different part of the country. And the question came up, um, would, was it wrong for her when she's working as a waitress um, in this small town that they lived in to wear a, an engagement and a wedding ring um, when she's working so that people would stop hitting on her, right? And... and uh, she said, is that lying, right? Wearing those rings, because I'm clearly trying to signify something that's not true. Is it lying? Um, and, and the response I gave, foolishly, I was like, newly, I just said, well, if it's wrong, it's only a venial sin, so who cares? And it's like, no, that was bad advice, right? Uh, it, it's, we should actually look into it. Is it wrong? Well, you know, okay, that's the moral. But just to say, well, it's only a venial sin, who cares? Venial sin weakens your charity. It weakens your love of God. It's an imperfect action. That some, and if you commit enough venial sins, you're more likely to commit a mortal sin. All the venial sins of the world don't equal a single mortal sin. Absolutely not. They don't have the power to kill the life of grace in our soul. But you commit slow, small venial sins every day, and you just kind of, whatever, it's not that important. I don't have to worry about this. Who cares? Um, over time, it makes it easier to commit a mortal sin. So venial sin starts us on that slippery slope. So the first point the gravity of sin. Sin is bad. Like, we want to reject sin. When we are baptized, we say, do you reject Satan and all his works and all his evil show? Right? We are rejecting sin. We're rejecting Satan. We, we, we who have been baptized, have turned away from sin. We shouldn't be friends with sin. We should not be like, okay, it should find no quarter in our life. No safe harbor in my heart for any sin, mortal or venial. That's the goal. Jesus says, whoever causes one of these little ones to sin, it would be better if a millstone, gigantic millstone, were tied around your neck and you were thrown into the sea than for you to cause even one of my little ones to sin. Think about the gravity. It's not just nothing. We don't just write it off. It's not just whatever. Um, it is, it's a break in our relationship. And God help us if we lead other people into sins. Literally, we need the mercy of God to help us. Um, that if we lead other people into sin, um, that millstone is waiting. Um, and that is, we should really identify 
the gravity of sin. So, point number one, gravity of sin. Point number two, we as intellectual, intelligent human beings should point out and be able to identify, well, what causes me to sin? Like, in our lives, as we, you know, have either mortal sins or venial sins, and what causes me to sin? What are the things that, um, that cause me to sin? And if we haven't ever applied our intelligence to this, then it's a good time to start now. Like, sin doesn't just, oh, that just happened, right? Like, who would have thought? Um, no, it, it's, it's, intel- it's deliberate. And there are certain areas in my life, certain maybe people in each of our lives, certain objects in our lives, certain times of the day in our lives that are more, we're more prone to sin uh, and lead us more to sin and that there are real threats to our sins, uh, to, our, to our life of grace and holiness by threatening sin. And so we need to identify those real sources of sin in our life. We got to point them out. We got to call them what they are. Anytime we, we fall to sin, we should point out what led to that. Like what actually led to that happening. Um, when we do a good examination of conscience, at the end of the day, this is a great thing to do as part of our examination of conscience at the end of the day. To, to point out like what led to, um, to my sin. What, what happened. We're in football season right now. Um, and I... Predictably, as I bet, I'm in a fantasy league and I'm in last place in my fantasy league. Every, and I always kind of go through and I analyze after the week, like, oh, but if I have, what, what drives me crazy is I always have enough points on the bench and never on the field, right? I leave all my points on the bench. Um, but if we go through, like, what happens at the end of a football game, uh, Monday morning, and the, uh, you know, the commentators always talk, Monday morning, you know, looking at that play and that play. Well, why, why did, you know, Patrick Mahomes get sacked in this one? Well, because that blocker wasn't where they needed to be, and this person came through, and that. Well, that's what we need to do when we analyze our moral life. What happened? Something broke down, right? Patrick Mahomes is not supposed to be lying on the ground with a few couple hundred pound men on top of him, right? Um, something went wrong. What led to that? Um, okay. How do we point out what were the causes of it? It didn't just happen, like, magically. Something broke down. And so when we examine, when we do our examination of conscience, we, I was actually watching some of the, the, our teenagers last week where they were going through, I, I think it was a baseball swing, and just going frame by frame through their baseball swing to say, like, this is what, ha- like, this is where you, you, the ball went in the wrong direction or something. Like, you analyze it frame by frame. And that's what we do in our examination of conscience the whole, with the Holy Spirit. We analyze our day, just frame by frame. What happened? Oh, yeah, no, I definitely, I sinned in that, in that regard. Well, what happened? Who, who missed the block? Did I, where did I miss the play call? What happened there? The Holy Spirit teaches us these things. So we apply our intelligence. We don't, Bishop Barron, who I love, um, is a bad golfer. Well, he's a decent golfer, but he was a pretty bad golfer and he was golfing with one of his doctoral students, and the doctoral student said, do you know, this was when he was a priest, like, Father Bob, you know why you're a bad golfer? Like, no, tell me. It's because when you make a mistake, you don't realize it, and you just make it every other time, right? You have no idea when you, you, you don't pay attention when you make, a, like, you slice the ball. Well, what, 
what happened. You don't pay attention to it. That's why you're a bad golfer, Father Bob. Uh, now Bishop Bob, right? Um, well, us. Like, if I'm bad at the moral life, if I continuously fall into the same sins again and again, mortal or venial, well, what's the cause? What's going Am I actually paying attention to it? So, pay attention. Identify the sources. Point number three is take real and sometimes even drastic actions. Now, I don't want to see anybody coming into Mass for daily Mass tomorrow or Sunday with their hands cut off, right? That's bad. Um, our Lord is, is speaking in, in what's called Semitic exaggeration, right? Don't chop off your hand. But we're, we're not that far from it, right? We're not, we're, our action should be not that much less severe. Whatever in my life causes me to sin, whatever in my life threatens the life of grace, it is expendable. It is totally, I should get rid of it. And we should be severe in our response to sin. Fall into sin, okay. Um, but be severe then, in, after we acknowledge the sources, then be severe, be deliberate, uh, drastic even sometimes, in our action and response, right? If your phone causes you to sin, get rid of it. Get a flip phone, right? Go, go get something else, right? If your social media causes you to sin, delete all the apps, right? Even better, delete your account. It would be, it'd be much better to just, if, if you can't go on social media and not somehow end in one of the seven deadly sins, um, then get rid of it. Who needs it? We don't just, like, keep our friend sin, sin right next door, right? Like, hey, I know that you're the friend that's going to help me sin, and I'm going to keep you on speed dial, right? No! Get rid of it. Be drastic about it. If I just end up sitting and watching four, five, six hours of TV every evening and fall into that type of sloth, you don't need TV. Get rid of it. That's, that's radical, Father Casey. I'd rather cut off my hand, right? No, uh, you, don't, you don't need it. We don't need it. Just, just we can get rid of these things. Be drastic about it. There's certain people in my life that always lead me to sin. And I, I know that around these people, I am powerless. They're going to say, let's go do X, Y, or Z, and I, I'm on board. Well, then I don't need to be friends with those people. It's not worth the price of my soul. It's not worth it to be, maybe one day, after being strengthened in virtue, I could go back and be a good influence to them. Maybe. But if right now, I'm losing that, and they're leading me to sin, and I'm not leading them to virtue, well then, we don't need to be friends right now. Need to take a little bit of a break. All of these things are real. We take real and deliberate, practical action against sin. Not just, oh yeah, I'm going to try to not do that again. No, practical action. We're gonna, I'm going to actually try this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to make these practical steps. It would be a good thing at the end of a, our examination of conscience every day to make a good practical resolution. What am I actually going to try to do different? Yep. I got sacked. Okay, what are we going to do different? How are we going to change up the play? How is this going to change now? Not tomorrow, not the next day. It's, if we just have a general goal, oh yeah, no, I'll just, I won't do that again, just willy. Like, uh, I know I've used this example at least in daily mass, is I, I'm trying to exercise, I'm not doing it so well, right? And I could say like, uh, okay, I'm going to run, I'm going to run in the morning. You know, now that it's dark, it's a great excuse to not run in the morning, right? But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run in the morning. Well, I could say that. I could just generically say, I'm going to go exercise in the morning. 
Or I could say, in the morning when my alarm clock goes off at six o'clock, I already have the, the shorts and the t-shirt and the sneakers and the socks ready to go. It's right there and I know exactly where I'm gonna run and how I'm gonna do it. Much more practical than just a generic, oh yeah, I'm gonna exercise more or I'm gonna run in the morning, right? Practically, I'm gonna do it like this, I'm gonna do it like that. Well, I failed because of this, uh, you know, this thing or that thing. Well then, practically, here's how I'm gonna fix that. Practically, I'm gonna address this or that. Use our intelligence with regard to our moral life. So these are the points that we need to see with regard to sin. We need to be aware of the gravity of sin, both mortal sin and the seriousness of venial sin. And we need to decide that we're rejecting that in our life. We're not giving any quarter to sin. We identify the sources, what causes our sins, and then we do need to be drastic and at times severe with getting rid of those things in our life that cause us to sin. It's better to go through life without them than to have them and just to continually lose the fight to sin. And so these are the steps we could take. And then it's always important whenever we talk about sin to talk about mercy, right? That if we do fall, and each of us will at some point, usually every day at some point, hopefully not to grave sin, but even venial sins, each of us are going to fall. We go to confession. We go to confession frequently and regularly. When I realize that I've sinned, go to confession. God's, God's always willing to forgive us. God's mercy is never exhausted by our sinfulness. So we go to confession. We resolve that we're going to try again, just a little bit harder next time. And that that's, uh, we, we confidently, we don't call sin, you know, right or virtuous. Uh, no, it's a sin, um, but I go to confession. My father's always willing to forgive me, and I'm always willing to return to him. So we ask our Lord for this grace today, to understand the reality of sin, to have the, the grace, the courage, in a very practical ways to overcome it in our lives, and that when we do fall, we approach confidently the throne of God's mercy so that he can pour out his benefits upon us uh, and lift us up to live upright, holy lives as sons and daughters of Almighty God.